2-Bit presents Our Record Collection is Better Than Yours, a podcast about kick-ass music, anything new or old that may have never hit your speakers. So here's why Our Record Collection is Better Than Yours. Welcome to Our Record Collection is Better Than Yours, a podcast about kick-ass music. My name is Chris Clemens, and sitting to my right is... Two Bony Tony. That's right. So every episode, we bring you two bands that you may or may have never heard. That you like? Or, or don't or like. may not like. Yeah, that's right. But uh, today, I'm going to jump right into it, Tony. Man, um, I have a band... Um, that is uh, no longer a, a, a band. I mean, there's a little reprise. We'll talk about that later. But um, this is a band from the late 80s, early 90s, straight out of Chicago. Alternative power pop. Um, they're a big influence on me. Uh, their name is Material Issue. Such so a, Such a influential band that so many people have not heard of. But really, honestly, without them, you wouldn't have had that huge alternative boost in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, especially the early 90s. And, and, and you know, I mean, these guys sold half a million records um, uh, from their first one. Uh, there was a couple others um, that they had, and in, in, we'll get into that later. But anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and jump into it. Um, here's the song it's called out right now it's from international pop overthrow by material issue from 1991 That, again, was Out Right Now by Material Issue, who is uh, from Chicago. They are a 1990s, late 80s, early 90s uh, alternative power pop band. Uh, but here's, here's why I played that song. There's a huge 60s influence, and we were lucky enough to talk to Ted Ansani, from material issue the bass player uh this past week Such and here's a cool what he, guy. yeah he, he's a very cool really guy fun uh i played that song because i i said it had a, a a really strong 60s influence and i could hear that right away oh as soon as it comes in with the drums <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had a chance to talk to ted and this is what he had to say about the influence of material issue First question I had for you was, uh, you know, what was influencing you musically at the time that material issue formed? Um, right around the time that it formed, I was pretty much exploring '60s bands. Um, you know, obviously, I I grew up listening to the Beatles, uh, 
then by the time uh, I met Jim and that we started um, recording material issue stuff, I was starting to dig deeper into stuff that I hadn't heard when I was growing up. Uh, Beach Boys, Bee Gees, Birds, I always list those three Bs uh, right off the bat. <laughs> um, you know, like guitar-driven uh pop you know serious radio pop the kind of stuff that was on the radio that i always heard but i never really knew too much about so i was starting to dig deeper into bands like that uh bands that had jangly guitars catchy hooks um uh, you know guitar riffs that would just stick stick with you throughout the day after hearing it once or twice um harmonies like you know i, I was listening to the everly brothers basically when when we were touring so that was a, a bit of our conversation with Ted and the influence of material issue. And uh, again, you can, you can really hear that in this song out right now from International Pop Overthrow. Out right now. It's very 60s. Yeah, that really early, you know, 60s rock that was coming out before, you know, people started getting into the heavier stuff, but stuff you'd hear from like the Turtles. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So good. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Passing it over to you. What do you got all for right. us today, Tony? So today, I brought along uh, a band named Poor Man's Poison. Um, they've been around for a while, since 2009. Mm-hmm. They've been putting out music. And, and these guys, I, I, I actually got a chance to talk to them for a little bit. And I got to ask them a few questions. Um, you know, they met in high school. All, all four of these guys. And... They were playing metal before, <laughs> which you once once I play this clip for you, you're not gonna believe it. That, that's what, that, you know they started playing metal, but <laughs> that's you know, why I laugh a little bit. Sorry, yeah. the audience hasn't heard this yet, but I I know a little bit about Poor Man's Poison, and when you say that they met in high school and started playing metal, right? It doesn't. You're like what? That's oh, and, super cool. And, you know, um, the bandman or the bandmates, Dustin, he was originally into you know on drums. And he went to his stand-up bass instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you had Tommy, who was their lead electric guitar, over on mandolin. And you can kind of tell that, because he kind of shreds this mandolin, too. Yeah, the ma- the mandolin leads a lot of songs of theirs, oh, for yeah. sure. And you had, um, let's see here, you had Mike and Ryan. They were, you know, on electric, and now they they do acoustic guitars. And, and, and the the way that they're able to just you know meld everything together they have such a talent that you like you can hear different influences in all of their songs uh so this first one i have for you is um providence off of the album providence um so here we go candlelights and empty souls quietly behind the doors are bleeding us just for fun Power telling lies of shifty hands and thirsty eyes And they can smell your fear like blood Oh my weary soul We met your kind before It set fire to a soul And those sweet providence Come save us from ourselves From hell and consequence
That was awesome. Man, you actually introduced me to this band, Tony, and it, as soon as you showed it to me, I was like, oh my God, I started thinking of people I could share it with because oh. it's amazing. Yeah, and, and it's it's so sad that more people don't know about them. They're such a talented band. And, you know, I, you, I, I, I could listen to this on the radio, just switching through things in my car, you know? I'd, it, it would be amazing to be able to have the opportunity to hear this in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I also just I wanted to showcase their talent on being able to switch from so many different styles of music and still make it folk. Um, so I have another clip from the same song, and you wouldn't even realize it's from the same song. Okay. And take a listen. Oh, man, it was, like, super Latin. Yeah. Latin Yeah, it had such a Latin feel to it, and you could, you know, see people dancing to it, a tango or something. (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah. These guys guys met in high school, came from metal. Came from metal, (laughs) and, and, and have perfected folk, and are throwing other genres into folk as well. Oh, that's super, that is freaking cool, man. Yeah. You know, when I was talking to him, um, they had told me that their influences are just, uh, they're all over the map from hip hop to classic rock to metal. You know, they appreciate and in, are inspired, and you can tell from every genre of music. And, and one thing they love is because of that, they're not pigeonholed to one style. Yeah. They can add whatever they want into all of their music, and, and they nail it every time. You know, I I enjoy that because I think that's, I mean, you and I have always, we've known each other for a long time. We've always strived to make something different creatively with our music. And, um, I, you know, I think that's what does it, you know, having influences from all genres. Right. Yeah. They they take a little bit from everything and, yeah. and, and somehow they make it work. Yeah. They Every make, time. They make something completely, completely new, mm-hmm. which I love. All right. Well, um, I'm going to play another quick clip uh, from from the band Material Issue. We had a chance to talk with Ted Ansani, the bass player. He was he was super gracious, super nice guy. Um, I was I I think I kind of sold myself short on this one. I uh, I was like, hey man, will you answer a few questions? Uh, and I thought, you know, just via web, he would answer a few questions. Right. Uh, we got to talking, and he's like, hey, you want me to give you a call tomorrow? I'm like, uh, yes, <laughs> please. Uh, well, are you kidding just me? just shows you how cool of a guy he is. He's yeah. like, yeah, I'll take, I'll take some time out of my Sunday to talk to you. Yep. It's yep. awesome. Yeah. It, w- it was really special. So here's another little clip from the interview that we had with Ted. So what were, your, what, what were or what are your top three songs uh, to play live? From the band. Oh well, sorry, I'm so long-winded. <laughs> no, 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 dude. Three, but um, I'm always long-winded, and I'm I'm trying to hold out. I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> feel free to edit down if you need to, but uh, 
Renee Remains the Same was always one of our favorites in general. The three of us really liked Renee Remains the Same. Uh, Diane always got a great reaction. There's great power to Diane, so it was always fun to play live. Next Big Thing, uh, which was, you know, a, a middle tempo song, wasn't really the most raucous, but wasn't a complete ballad. Some of those songs, like Next Big Thing, and Renee and Diane, they basically they seem to. Play, you're a musician, right? Yeah. You know, like you know, like how some songs seem to play themselves. You don't have to concentrate. You don't have to work at it. They just they just come through your instrument automatically. Yeah. Yes. Those three songs are are in that vein. So that was uh, Ted and I chatting on uh, Sunday last week, and uh, yeah, man, I just I love that. <sighs> They've got that span. They've got that span. There's a soft side to this band. And, of course, I, you know, I mean, maybe there'll be a part two to this podcast. Tune in because uh, we had a lot of interview time with Ted. But uh, I'm not going to play a whole lot of that soft side because it, you know, it, it just hits you. And that he was talking about, you know, oh, this song isn't isn't too raucous. But um, the stuff I'm going to play today is. Anywho. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it, and 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 they do. They have a range. I mean, I, I've heard songs from them that are like acoustic ballads, almost. Yeah, everything. Everything is a oh, big, yeah. big acoustic ballad. Yeah. Uh, Great stuff. Uh, letter. Uh, this letter um, from International Pop Overthrow. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the clip here. So yes. this is the opening track to their first. Uh, album as a as a signed band uh, with Mercury Records, and it's called Valerie Loves Me. Valerie's dancing on the room above my bed, you know. All the Such a shame she's not with me and all the pretty things Know the love my heart could bring I would give my whole life to her Valerie loves me Valerie's riding in a car around my neighborhood Okay, so that's why I introduced that song. You hear, we talked a little bit about, you know, at the beginning when we, when we first talked to Ted, um, 60s influence, right? And that that's clearly in Valerie Loves Me. Valerie's dancing. You know, is, like It is, but you can also hear where they're changing it, too. Right, right, where, where it fits the late 80s, early 90s oh, alternative yeah. power. Yeah. Right? Um. So that, but then you get that like, bow, now, 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 with the guitar, mm-hmm. and it's just so strong. So you get this like '60s vibe, and then, like you said, you get this '90s alternative, which was, though they didn't know, yeah, it, it was, was new. leaning. It was new, and it was leaning towards grunge. Grunge, grunge took over. Yeah, uh, there's there's this mix of like, pop, punk. And grunge in there mm-hmm. before, yeah, yeah, like you can even hear. Uh, 
I don't know if it's intentional, but you can even hear like a little bit of, of clash influence. In yeah, it. right, right, yeah. right. Well, in the album, I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. The album's called International Pop Overthrow. And these guys, I don't know if you dig into it, they don't sound like they're from Chicago, right? It's like yeah, no, they not at all. He's sound got a, like he's an, got like a uh, you know that 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 British voice that you know like the Beatles had. They sound like an English rock band yeah. a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I wanted to talk about. International pop overthrow. A lot of people took that as oh, they're you know overthrowing international pop and rock music, right? With, that wasn't the case. They were honoring it. Right. The, again, the influences that Ted talked about at the beginning of the interview were the Birds, <laughs> the Beatles, yeah. you know, um, you know, and uh, Beach when, Boys, which are American. When, but when that international pop overthrow was actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like an homage to it. Mm, yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So anyway, uh, again, material issue. Tony, you brought poor man's poison to the table. Let's oh, listen to a little more of that. Oh, this is a this is a newer song from them. Um, it's called "Hell's Coming with Me," uh, and they're you know it's 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 a little different than the last song I played. It kind of shows a little softer side to them, um, but they also they come back with it, and and it's it's one of those bands that will always you know the way they play you feel the emotion mm-hmm. and you always whatever they're trying to convey they do it well with their harmonies uh, with the music styling uh, so let me give uh, let me let me play that one for you it's called Hell's Coming With Me caught me off guard with that i'm sorry yeah no you're I, good i thought it was like that sounded like such a brilliant ending and uh then it started up again yeah. so talk about this song I, because i love this band that you introduced me to poor man's poison but i've never heard that song yeah well it's, it, it's pretty new and i actually hadn't heard it until recently either um but it, it's the reason i made it so long is because you got to hear that part where they are able to show you their softer side 
but then they go right back into it and it's that it's that really good folk you want and uh, you know they i i asked them i wanted to know what's behind the name poor man's poison and what they told me was um you know at that particular time in their life and for years previous all they wanted to do was create music that's it we get that yeah <laughs> you know we've been so many musicians have that's like you're so dead set on it and nothing else matters and they didn't know how to do it and so they just decided you know hey we're four broke friends this is what we're gonna do we're gonna make music so the poor man's comes from I'm being broke. Broke. Musicians. Destitute, yeah. desperate artists, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, then, and then the poison was the music for them. You know, it's a positive poison. Yeah. It's this thing they, they have a drive to do, and they, ha- and, and they know they're going to do it. They know they have the talent. They have the will. And, then, and, you know, that's where it came from. And you can just hear it, the emotion in their music. Like, this is really, truly what they want to be doing. Right. Uh, yeah, dude, I, man, I'm glad you shared that. Uh, and that was super cool of them to answer the questions that, that you had for that. And, uh, you know, the the thing about it is, is that that's a lot, like you said, that's a lot of musicians, right? You're like, man, yeah, all I want to do is, fr- or artists in general, well, well, all you want to do is create. You, you remember when we were kids. <sighs> yeah. Working, <laughs> both working fast food. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know how fast food is. You don't get vacation time. You don't get sick time. Making barely above, above minimum wage. Financing our first album. Yeah, we did. We did. We, we uh, what was that? $10,000 loan? <laughs> Something got, like that, yeah. Which was, isn't a lot in the grand scheme. Like, I know record labels dish out well, a lot more money than that, but like, we were doing it on our own. We right. went to the bank. We got finance for 10 G's. Yeah. And, just, and we went and cut an album. And just like what, you know, uh, what they're talking about too, you're, you're poor. You really are destitute at that point. But you have a passion. You have a drive. Um, I, you know, it, and, and it makes me so happy that they didn't give in. You yeah. know, to the pressures. They continued to make it and they found their sound. And now, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's freaking so awesome. Good. It's such a great like alternative folk. Um I political don't know. aspects in it too. Yeah, like sure. there's a little bit of punk influence in there too. It's just yep. there's a, a there's so much going on with their music. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for sharing Poor Man's Poison. Yeah, let's hear uh, some more some more material issue yeah yeah yeah, man all right uh here's another little clip from uh talking with ted on the bass player of material Such issue a cool guy um there was like a 45 that we put out with remain remains the same on there it's yellow with black and uh a photograph of a scooter on the front and on the back there's like a photograph of the three of us sitting on little scooters that were actually at kitty land uh when we <laughs> took that picture but um that was released from Addison. Uh, I mean, we were sitting in Jim's bedroom at his parents' house, like literally gluing together the jackets for that 45, sliding the vinyl in the jackets, putting them in envelopes and addressing them to college radio stations and 
um, to music stores in the area, seeing, you know, in the Midwest, basically, to see if we could get them picked up so we could ship them to sell. And uh, we sent them to college radio stations all around the country um, to try to get a little bit of airplay out that. And that was all done from Jim's parents' house in Addison, yeah. Yeah, so that, okay, that's where I, I picked up that info. Well, well, I want to... I just want to share a relatable story really quick and I'll, I'll try not to get uh, teary eyed or break up, but, um, so we, we have a little weird connection that I guess, uh, I don't know. I connect uh, a lot of dots, uh, universal dots. I like to call them, but, um, you know, uh, you've talked about Jim a couple of times and, you know, um, it's very unfortunate, you know, that you lost your friend and bandmate. I can't imagine what that's like. Um, but, the band Tony and I, my co-host of the show, um, the band we had in college was actually called Fighting for Addison. Oh. And we were out of DeKalb, Illinois, where Northern Illinois University is. And uh, two years ago, we we lost our drummer, unfortunately, at 30, mm. 34 years old. And um, uh, the, the name comes from uh, when he was working at the UPS hub in DeKalb. Uh, I guess the easiest truck to load for the day was uh, the one that went to Addison. So uh, he would ask his buddy, hey, you know, what truck are you on today? And his buddy would say, I don't know, but I'm fighting for Addison. And so that's where our (laughs) band name came from. So I just want that little relation there. It was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's great. I was like, I didn't know those guys recorded in in Jim's parents' house in Addison. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you probably delivered a lot of that vinyl to Jim's house in Addison. (laughs) It's probably easy boxes to load and deliver. So that was uh, another clip from our interview with Ted Ansani of Material Issue from Chicago. And, uh, you know, uh, first and foremost, if if you're out there and you are thinking of any sort of suicide or self-harming, please, please seek help. We want you to do that. But you know, that was the interesting thing about talking to Ted, um, the lead singer of this band, Tony, Jim Ellison. Um, uh, he, unfortunately, in 1996, committed suicide. And, uh, you know, I, it's it's interesting because I, I feel like through the music and in some of the interviews I've read and, and heard that this guy was in love with life and being in love um so you you know you don't always see that coming and it wasn't i'm i was very fortunate to talk to ted for a while about that because i didn't want to bring it up i mean this is a band that had several albums through the early 90s and lost their lead singer to suicide i how was i gonna bring that up i love their music and i i love everything about this band but i didn't want to bring it up no no and it's it's great that he's open to talk about it yeah and it's important to talk about it yep it's something that can be shoved under the rug and 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 i i thank him for it's got to be a tough memory and i thank him for bringing it up yeah, definitely, and that's how I felt as well. So uh, you know, I, I wanted to share our friend Sean and our band, and the fact that it was called Addison, and that's where they were recording the first albums yeah. in Addison, Illinois, in Jim's weird, parents' basement. Kind of a weird coincidence. <laughs> it is a weird coincidence, mm. but uh, all right, man. Um, so here's my final song 
from Material Issue for this episode. Um, this song's called Trouble. It's still off of the same album. It's track 10 on International Pop Overthrow by Material Issue, and it highlights Ted's bass. <laughs> Like I said, that freaking song, first and foremost, that is my favorite Material Issue song. It was never one that hit the radio. Valerie Loves Me, Diane, Renee Remains the Same. Like, there's so everything. There's so many songs that hit the radio for these guys with their power pop sound. Yeah. But... That one had like the punk influence in oh, the hard yeah. hitting, hard hitting that I just love. No, and then I those know. harmonies come in. Okay, let's listen to it one more time. Yeah, one more time. And, and I want our listeners, if they can help it, and and you to focus on these harmonies again. Remember, there's so they've got that alternative sound. They've got that early '90s power pop. They, there's the punk influence that you mentioned, but I want our listeners and you to focus on the harmonies because I still feel like that goes back to the 60s stuff that we talked to Ted about in the interview. Right. Right. So listen, here we go again. Trouble track 10 off International Pop Overthrow by Material Issue. That's what I'm talking about. Those harmonies, and they're oh. they're they're very low in the mix. I mean, they're set really well. Oh, but it gives such a depth, it, a huge depth. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, again, I didn't even notice them the first time. 
I was, I was too busy listening <laughs> to the bass the first time around. <laughs> boom, ba doom, ba doom, yeah. boom, ba doom. Well, again, that's why I played that song. Um, it, it highlights Ted' ability on both levels because not only was he he playing bass, he was doing a lot of those backup vocals alongside um, uh, uh, drummer Mike as well. These guys were a three-piece power pop punk alternative. 60s band in the early 90s that's yeah. that's what they were so uh okay back to poor man's poison oh man uh so the next song i pick from them is called come on down uh off providence as well um that was a great freaking album oh man this this is a song that turned me on to them and it was really cool talking to them too i asked him a little bit about who they were influenced by like some some other musicians or bands um so scattered like <laughs> it, it, the the first one they told me it was James Brown because he's a bad motherfucker <laughs> which yeah holy shit James Brown is, is some of the most iconic music ever you know i y- yes 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 uh i saw him one time I saw James Brown in too. What? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even oh kidding. Oh my god! I was I'm jealous. I was. Oh god! <laughs> I, how, did, how did you get this opportunity? By the way, hopefully, no, hopefully, no one knows how to do math. So, um, it was 2003. Okay. Uh, I was 17 years old, and I went down to Bonnaroo Music Festival. It was year two. It was only the second year Bonnaroo was around. And James Brown having to be a headliner, and no fucking way was I gonna miss that. Hell no, dude. That's guy crazy. was like, yeah, guy was like late seventies at that point, <laughs> and fucking was still sh- dancing, yeah, stage. shucking and jiving, man, shucking and jiving. Oh man. So anyway, I'm sorry. First influence no, was James yeah. Brown. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, next, you know, Black Sabbath. What? A big inspiration to them since they were kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. James Brown and Black Sabbath are yeah. right in the same vein of music. <laughs> Dude, these Watch guys James kick Brown ass. bite a fucking bat head off. That's right. I would have loved him more for oh, it. Dude, if James Brown would have pissed on the Alamo, man. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. But just so cool, you know? And then, and then um, you can hear a little bit of the influence from all the bands, though, the way their chord progressions go and everything. Uh, last one they they told me was Bob Marley. Super cool, right? And because he's Bob Marley. Yeah. I, why not? Uh, yeah. I think he's influenced... Bob Marley has influenced every musician at some point. Not, not just musically, but, uh, you know, lyrically, poetically as well. Yeah, there's no way you can, at least for me, pick up a guitar... And not say something about Bob Marley as right. an influence. There's well, no way yeah. any any person uh, that plays music, especially guitar, after Bob Marley was around. Right, and and uh, one of the first songs I ever learned to play on the guitar was a Redemption song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was one of the, you got me a, too. You got really good scale. Boom, 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 boom. You know. Boom, ba da da, ba da da da, boom. Right? Yeah, you can't. All right. 
yeah, that's you know, cool. And you can and you can hear a lot of it in it too, especially lyrically with them. If you pay attention to their lyrics, it's it's poetry. It's 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 saying something, you know. Very much so. So, what is this last clip you have for it's us, called, man? It's called "Come On Down" off of the album Providence. <laughs> Come on down, they're selling truth on the corner now Look at them all dressed in white, said the angels must have came into town last night Hey man, come on down, they got your fix on the corner of town Look at them with their heavy hearts broke down at the bottom Not knowing where to start singing, it's all there in black and white You could lay down or you could put up a fight or you could Bread with the beggars and thieves, or you could high horse your way to your knees, or you could take that lesson that you learned today, share it around, or throw it away. But in the end, you're gonna see you're the only one, and it's not just a game until the game stops being fun. Hey man, come on down, they're selling truth in the corner now. Okay, the first thing I want to point out about that song is the harmonies, um, because we were just talking about this with material issue, and and the the mixing and the production is different, obviously, thirty years later almost. Yeah. Um. Uh. But the the harmonies are still oh oh oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Like it, Hell they're yeah. just you gotta have that stuff, man. And it fills it out, and it sounds so cool. And that was one of the things I wanted to. Um, the reason I wanted to play this song is because they said. James Brown influence. So to me, and that song is like old blues, oh, rhythm and blues. You know. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and 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 you can see. I mean, you can hear it in in James Brown's music. Obviously, rhythm and blues. Yeah. And 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 they went they went real far back with it. <laughs> it was it was awesome. They nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, I feel like if Robert Johnson, mm-hmm. right, if he had production like that, that's what would have been going on. Yeah. It was a very, um, yeah, how do I sensitively it, I, 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 say I, I, this, but like sl- uh, slavery time, like right. like time of, oh. Well, so, well deep s- segregation, deep, yep. Jim Crow era kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, deep south. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. That, and was, I, that, that, was that awesome. line too. Life's just a game until the game stops Not being fun. fun. Oh my god, I love that. Hey man, come on down. down. Selling truth on the corner now. Yeah, it's very oh gospel. There we go. It's got a gospel grasp yeah, and influence. Which is it. where rhythm and Big blues time. started. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. Um all right, man. Dude, it's been fun. I have another last little clip. Uh, that we've got from talking to ten, Ted Ansani from Material Issue, which is a huge influence on uh, myself as a as a guitar player and a writer. Um, oh, absolutely. I hope you guys will come back, and, and we got a whole lot more content on these two bands. So there's going to yeah. be a part two to this episode. We got number two episode coming up for these guys. Yep, because we we had a, a great chance and experience to talk to Ted. Um, uh, Tony was able to talk to Poor Man's Poison. Um, but yeah, 
uh, come on back. Here, here's the last little clip uh, I talked to Ted about, and then uh, you know we'll wrap it up. Uh, two quick, quick, quick questions. Um, can you share a cool memory or story from uh, touring that not too many people would know? Uh, you know, that was the hardest question for me, and I don't really have a solid, definite answer. But in general, uh, once we were signed and once we started touring and we got tour support, so we were able to lease a bus. Um, it was just, it was like a, a funny feeling that, you know, your, your, your life and your home was on wheels, basically. I mean, um, and it was just kind of cool the way things worked, um, to kind of sum up like, you know, not sum up, but to explain what I'm talking about, um, we pull into a town first thing in the morning. I'll start with that. And the bus would basically park near the venue, um, or a hotel near the venue. Um, the bus driver would get a hotel room and the band would pretty much stay on the bus because we had bunks in there and stuff. And um, there'd be a knock on the bus door, maybe at like 9 or 10 a.m. It would be somebody from the local, a local representative from the record company that would come and basically, you know, wake us up and have a vehicle that would take us and start doing our daily routine. Uh, in the late morning, early afternoons, we'd go to a handful of college radio stations in the area, a handful of alternative radio stations in the area with our acoustics. Jim and I had, uh, I had an acoustic bass. He had an acoustic guitar. Mike would sometimes come with uh, bongos or a, uh, a tambourine. And um, we would uh, go to the radio stations and do a couple songs live on air, give away some tickets for that evening show in whichever town we happened to be in. And then... Um, after a few hours of those visits, we would go to a record store or two, also do an acoustic set, um, trying to push some vinyl, um, meet some fans. Um, actually, CDs were coming out at the time, so we were selling CDs also, you know, uh, helping the store promote and move product uh, by putting on a little show, give away some free tickets, sign some autographs. Then we'd go to the uh, venue for a sound check in the late afternoon make sure everything was set up properly, make sure everything was working and sounded good. Then we'd go to the hotel again, relax for a couple hours, uh, hang out on the bus for a couple hours, go to the gig, do the gig, hang around after the gig, meeting people, shaking hands, signing autographs, get on the bus, and then start driving to the next town. And that's basically what we did every day for months on end while we were touring. And uh, I don't know, it was just a really cool feeling, you know. Um, <clears throat> In hindsight, I, I kind of regret not taking the time to smell the roses and enjoy being in a different city every day. Um, we were busy meeting people, and I appreciated that, uh, meeting fans, meeting record company people, meeting radio people, uh, retail people. But I didn't really get a chance to look around and, and see things, uh, you know, sightsee, um, basically because we were working. We were always busy. But it was so much fun, you know, and we got really close because uh, we lived together on this bus, you know. Uh, it was our home base, and it, it traveled with us, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. No, I mean that—that's the life of a rock star, man. I, I think there's a lot of—I think there's a lot of people that could say the same thing, you know. I, I didn't get a chance because because we were working, you know. I, everyone thinks it's a big vacation, but there's there's always a schedule, right? 
<laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. And, and because we were young and resilient, we wanted to work. We wanted to meet people. We wanted to, you know, talk to fans. And, uh, and you know, and that obviously is the touring aspect. The other side of that is recording. And I always thought that I, I appreciated recording. That, that was my favorite aspect of being in the band, was being in the studio, being able to mold what we were doing, taking the songs that Jim was coming up with, arranging them, working them out, and getting them down on tape, and then uh, overdubbing. Oh, man, that was our uh, the last little uh, bit for this episode that we, we talked with Ted Ansani from Material Issue, which is from Chicago. Um, what an awesome dude. Oh, man, he was so kind. I would, he, lo- I would love to hear more of his stories. Uh, yeah. You know well, there's a lot. Y- there is a lot, and you will get to hear more on the next episode. Um, that we have with uh, Ted from Material Issue and... Poor Man's Poison. Exactly. So I hope you guys will stay tuned in. We are uh, Chris Clemens and Two Boney Tony. This is our record collection is better than yours. We hope that you will support us by going to patreon.com forward slash our record collection is better. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash our record collection is better than yours. Just our record collection is better. That's right. (laughs) It is just our record collection is better. But our show is called Our Record Collection is Better Than Yours. Thank you for listening. It's better. We hope that you guys are enjoying our podcast called Our Record Collection is Better Than Yours. And you know, we do this from the bottom of our heart because we are musicians. We love to talk to musicians and and discover new music, old music, anything we may have not heard. So we want you to know that this show is run off of donations and you can go to patreon.com forward slash our record collection is better. Tony, do you have anything to say to the people? Just just please go there. Donate, support our <laughs> podcast, and that's the way that we run and operate, guys. We appreciate you.